Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Let's take our seats. It's great to pray. There's great power and unity in worship and in prayer. And uh, last a couple of weeks, we've been talking about the power of partnership, of belonging to the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, the message says, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ and everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? As we all do our part, as we join together in prayer and worship, like before all of you were praying, and it's such power release. When we worship, we're all worshiping. When we love one another and a hospital, when we serve one another, it's so powerful what happens. It gets multiplied and increased. The Amplified says, But speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing His truth, Let us grow up in all things into him, following his example, who is the head Christ. From him, the whole body, the church in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies, when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. How powerful is that? And this is talking about the culture of the kingdom of God, not just the culture of Bayside Christian Church or your family. This is kingdom culture that God wants to build, where we learn to find our part, each one serving, each one growing, each one built up, being healed, restored, transformed. And I thank God for what He's doing in our church and for that to multiply and increase this year and that every church will be healthy. Healthy things grow. Have you noticed? You've got a healthy plant? Some of my plants aren't looking very healthy at present. There's leaves dropping off them and some of them are really struggling to survive. And uh, we need rain this week. The water restrictions come in on the 1st of March, so you won't believe in water what you were next this coming week. So we really need to believe for rain to come. But when plants are healthy, they're putting flowers out, there's leaves, there's fruit, there's growth, there's transformation. And healthy people grow, healthy churches grow because other people want to join because they feel safe and loved. And that's what God's building here by His Spirit. Last week I talked a little bit about partnership, how that partnership is not just our hearts are connected, but we actually officially sign up and say, we belong here. This is where we belong. This is where God has planted us and that we are going to flourish. We're going to contribute by our prayer, our love, our finances, our gifts, our anointings, and together we're going to see His church grow. And so we're wanting to strengthen the uh, heart of our church and people uh, together. And we looked at Luke 5, verses 4 to 7. This is the fishing story. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. What an awesome story where God's blessing came. They, if they hadn't had their partners come, they might have lost most or all of the catch because the nets would have broken as they were pulling them in. And God raises up the body of Christ. He raises up other churches in a community and we work together and we see a great harvest. Fish speak of uh, people 
And nets speak of relationships and networks. And if the nets and relationships get torn, then there's a loss happens. And we know that in our relationships, our families, our church family, if relationships get conflicted or torn, then everyone suffers. But God wants to bring us into a place of connection. In 1 Corinthians 3.8 it says, The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they each will be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. I love that thought. God could have sent the angels to preach. He could have sent the angels to to, uh, help show what the kingdom's like. He sends angels as ministering spirits to help us from time to time. But most of all, he says, I'm going to reveal my kingdom through you and through the body of Christ. How powerful is that? It goes and says, you are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. He's our center. He's our focus. And so God's called us to be partners in the gospel. He's called us to be co-workers. He's called us to be team. He's called us to be family. He's called us to be an army, a building, all these beautiful pictures. And how awesome is it when we belong to something bigger than ourselves? Wow, it's so powerful coming to church on Sundays. We belong to something much bigger than just our own world. But when we pool our hearts, our prayer, our service together, something awesome happens. And we talked last week about, uh, Rick Warren talked about the word shape. How do you know where you fit? We'll do some more teaching on this later on uh, this year. But S stands for spiritual gifts. What area has God gifted you? You unwrap it, you discover it. H stands for heart. What stirs your heart, your passion? Lisa's here and she's got a passion for emissions and, and evangelism. You know, it, you'd only got to talk to her for 30 seconds. It's going to ooze out somewhere because that's her passion, you know. Tim loves young people. So you only got to talk to her for about a minute and he's going to be talking about how we're going to reach kids in the schools. And, and, and it just flows out. It comes out of our souls, what's in your heart. So H is for heart. Um, a is for Applying your abilities. What natural gifts has God given you? Administration, care, just communication. P stands for personality, your unique DNA, your individual God-created personality. We're all different. Thank God. Thank God we're all different. He's designed us that way. Sometimes we wish some were a little bit more like us so we wouldn't have to work so hard on connection and communication. And E stands for experiences. God grows in us and uses us through our experiences, our family, our emotional, our work, our spiritual, our ministry, and even our painful experiences, God uses them to touch lives. How many times you go through a challenging season in your life, and for the next 12 months, every, every second person you meet has gone through that, and you're able to help touch their lives with it? Whether it's a, a health or a financial challenge, or um, different dynamics going on, a breakthrough in your life—it's amazing how, if we surrender it to Jesus, He can turn all things together for good. The enemy will get us upset and angry at God, and and people will let us down, or we can say, "God, I don't fully understand this season, but I've learned if I surrender it to You and keep You the focus, You're going to turn this for something powerful that's going to build me, and it's going to help touch other people in our world." So we can learn those areas. So I want to really encourage you, this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, we're having a, a night where we're, it's our next steps course on belonging, where we explain the DNA and culture of our church. We give a brief history of our church, and we help people understand. And so we're inviting those in leadership, 
um, partners, those that are on volunteers, and those that are newer that would, are interested in becoming partners in our church or connecting to come along. It'll be an exciting night where some of the team will be sharing and uh, so that together we can understand and belong. So we've got someone greeting on the door. We want to make sure they have our heart to do it and our culture to do it, whether they're serving in kids' ministry and, and whatever we're doing, we want to make sure that we're flowing together with one heart using our unique gifts. So uh, Tuesday night's an important night where we can come and just strengthen that. We don't have time on Sundays to teach all of that in detail. So we get together, just have a special night where we can um, do that together. I want to look at a few keys to building healthy and lasting friendships. Wow. Belonging to the family of God. How awesome it is to be a part of God's family, to be part of, have friends. Life's terrible when you've got to do it all on your own. And God hasn't designed any of us to do it on our own. There are seasons of aloneness, but God wants us to build friends and belong to family. Here's a few ways to help strengthen your relationships and friendships. Number one, be approachable and friendly. Proverbs says, he who wants to have friends must be friendly. Yeah, that's not rocket science, but sometimes we stumble over that first one. I'm not really good at communication, so we keep the walls up and we just sort of hide behind them but everyone suffers have an open heart to people many of us have walls of fear rejection or hurt but Jesus wants to heal and release us and this often happens guess what through other people how do you know if you're healed from fear or rejection unless you get into friendships where you find out hey I've been released of that I used to be so scared of letting people get close or of sharing a little bit of my heart in case they misused it because it's happened before. But Jesus come to heal and restore us. And in your life group, in our teams, in our church, in the family of God, we can be healed and restored, become more whole. And guess what? There's a whole lot of people, broken people in our world looking for help. They might have it all together on the outside, but there's a cry within for identity and hope. And God can do that. It's interesting to know, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He did the most amazing miracle. Four days he'd been dead. The rally said, he even stinks by now. I love the Bible, it's so real, eh? <laughs> but Jesus raised him from the dead. He says, Lazarus, come out. And when he comes out, then he says the most amazing thing. He says, family and friends, you unwrap the grave clothes on him. If Jesus could raise him from the dead, he could have easily busted those grave clothes on. He come hobbling out. And then Jesus said, family and friends, I want you to unwrap the rest so he can be free to now live. I've done the supernatural, now you do the relational and care and support. And how often does God use one another to help restore us in broken parts of our lives or areas of weakness? And we sometimes want God to do it all. He says, I've done it. I've finished the work on the cross. I'm setting you free. I've saved you from your sins. But now let some people get close so you can walk the rest of the journey. And God then, when you get more free, he puts you beside others so you can be a coach, a friend, a, a prayer partner, supporter. That's how the body works. But in our individualistic Western society, we sometimes miss the power of community, of love, of sharing. That's why we want to build a, not just a bigger church building so we can have, fit everyone in on Sundays in one service. We want to build a building where during the week we'll have young people, we'll have older people, we'll have men, we'll have women, we'll have families, we'll have counselling, we'll have all sorts of things going on, life and teaching skills and everything that can be happening because we want to do family. We want to have community 
so that people's lives can be touched by Jesus and can be touched through your life and mine. How awesome is our God? Number two, if you want to build good friends, be gracious and caring, not religious and always right. How terrible is it when someone's religious and they're always right? Because we know that not everyone's always right. But when they portray that, it's really hard to get close to their lives. Our words and body language communicate and send very clear messages to others. Be sensitive and aware of others. Some of you have just got great radars and others of them. I don't think they worked for a long time and we just barge through life and bounce off people and forget what we're saying and doing. Number three, be real and authentic, not religious and trying to impress. We serve to bless, not to impress. We help people not to put another notch saying, I helped five people this week. No, we help people because we love them and we genuinely care. Speak the truth in love. To be real and authentic, you've got to be honest with yourself and with God. And that's really hard for some of us. It wasn't safe to be honest when we were growing up. Or we, we just got a personality type that just wants to type A, just go and do it, regardless of thinking about, well, what's the emotional cost? Or, or what's the effect that this has? Together, we grow. There's a fascinating verse in Ephesians 5.21. It's one of those you rarely hear preached on. But sometimes they're the verses we really need to take note of. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. One of the other versions says, Place yourselves under each other's authority out of respect for Christ. Wow, that is a powerful look. So submit's probably got a whole lot of negative connotations, but submitting, surrendering, connecting out of accountability, out of support, understanding authority within lives and families. There's a great truth there where we open our heart to one another. Number four, if you want to build really good relationship, friendship, you need to learn to ask empowering questions and listen. Empowering questions. What are empowering questions? They're usually questions that don't just have a yes or no answer. You're connecting with someone's heart. Hey, tell me what your greatest dream in life is. And all of a sudden, they start to think and process. And as it comes out, you think, wow, then you can pray and support them. Or what is your greatest fear that's stopping you from reaching your goal for this year? Empowering questions where we connect. I'm amazed that Jesus, he asks questions all the time. When they asked him tough questions, he just asked the deeper one back to them to reveal their heart. Because questions will help reveal the heart within. Great verse, James 1.19. Understand this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let everyone be quick to hear. Be careful, thoughtful listeners, slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patient, reflective, and forgiving. Three points there that if we learnt to do those well, we'd all have amazing relationships. B, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Oh, I think I need to put that up somewhere for me to be reminded of that every day. Most of us, probably have one of those that's a weakness in our life. But God's there to help us. What are some of the keys to listen well? We don't hear a lot of teaching on listening, so just for the next 10 minutes we'll do this. Listen, first, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Be intentional to listen. Instead of saying, no one understands me, 
Forget about yourself for a bit and say, I want to understand that person and see what changes. All of a sudden, you get out of your skin, touching and hearing someone else's heart, and often a relationship comes, and then some of the areas that you thought no one understood all of a sudden starts to get met. It's not automatic, but it's a powerful process. So to listen, you need to seek first to understand. Secondly, he who talks most listens least. When we're talking, we're not only not listening, but we're not also learning anything new because we're only talking about what we know already or think we know. Number three, start with the other person's world. Great listening is intuitive in that we are seeking to be very sensitive to the other person we are listening to. Also to the situation we're discussing <coughs> and to the Holy Spirit as the third person in the congregation. How awesome is it when you're in the middle of a conversation and you say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? Or what do you want me to, to really ask or hear here? Help me to understand what's being communicated. It's awesome when you, you're in touch with the Holy Spirit, you're listening to Him and you're listening to the person. And you're also reflecting on your own heart. And God can teach us. And some people are brilliant listeners. It's something that I've had to learn. Because when you're a preacher, you talk a lot. And I've had to learn to listen. And I was preparing this this last couple of weeks. And on Wednesday, I was at an event. And I met these people, came in. They were in the middle of a conversation about something. And it was an area I was really passionate about. So before I knew it, I jumped in and for two minutes I did most of the talking and then I walked away and said, that was really not good listening and the Holy Spirit rebuked me. I thought, Lord, here I am doing this and I'm just blowing it again. <laughs> I went away and reflected on that and I says, Lord, help me not to do that. Help me to connect because I didn't even know fully where their conversation was on this topic and I only asked a couple of questions then jumped in way too Passionately, I said, Lord, help me. Help me to listen. But by Friday, I think I did better. One of the nurses in our church rang me and said, I met this guy in hospital. He's dying of cancer. He's not a committed Christian, but he's open to talk to someone. So she'd sort of talked as far as she could in a nurse in her professional capacity and can't do too much. She rang me and said, he's, he's interested to talk to someone. So I went up and sat and talked with this guy and his wife. And he's 82 and dying of cancer, but still quite alert. And we had an amazing conversation. A little bit of religious background. And quite often at that time when they're getting close to death, you're able to lead them to Jesus. You read John 14, how God loves them, prepared a place for them. It's clear he's probably only got weeks to live. And his wife had a closer relationship with God. So we had a great talk. But he wasn't ready to pray the prayer. So I really felt the Holy Spirit nudge you, said, just ask him some more questions, listen, chat. And then in the conversation, he says, I've got these amazing friends that live across the road. And they men he mentioned their name, and immediately I knew who they were. They go to another church, and they've got this great relationship with them, and they'd already been in to see him today. And I felt in my heart, I said, next time they come, you chat some more to them. And I really feel in my heart, they're the ones that are going to lead him to Jesus, because they've got the relationship. And I could have taken their joy by pressing it. And I, thought, I walked away thinking, Holy Spirit, I think I listened better on that conversation. So the end of the week finished better than the beginning. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, we're, we're all learning how to do this. And when the Lord challenges us, listen. And sometimes we miss it. And uh, so listen beyond 
words for the tone of voice and body language. I read these stats, and I'm not sure if I fully agree, but anyway, this is what the, the communication specialists and psychologists say. When you communicate, it's 7% words, 35% the tone and attitude with those words, and 58% body language. And I'm thinking, really? I mean, I've read that stuff before, but I start to reflect, and the more research they've done, that's what they come up with, somewhere around those percentages. Only 7% of actually what you say, 35% of the attitude, the tone, the emotion, the fear that comes with those words, that's what people mostly pick up, and in 58% body language. And you don't have to be an expert to study body language, most of it's pretty obvious. If you've got your arms folded and standing five metres away from the person, you're obviously not really wanting to engage and hear what they're saying. You know, and, and our facial tones and expressions. And, and I said, Lord, is that really? I would have put the percentages sort of a bit different than that, but this is what the researchers have come up with. I think, Lord, we spend all our time working out what we're going to say and we forget to get our heart right and our attitudes right before God and deal with any unforgiveness or fear. And then we think about, hey, how am I going to communicate this if I sit too far from them or if I crowd them? and try to control them. You know, I thought, wow, Lord, help us to get wiser and smarter about listening and communication. Beware of autobiographical responses. You're saying, what's that big word mean? Some of you know. Autobiographical is basically um, too much interpreting and advising from your own experience. Sometimes it's good to say, hey, I can f understand a little bit what you're going through because... Five years ago, this happened in my life. You can do something to connect and identify, but don't then just jump on top. How frustrating is it when no matter what you share, someone's got a bigger and better or worse story than you? They always top it. Ah, oh, that's so frustrating. And I realized sometimes I used to do this to people, and I'm thinking, and I get a couple of relatives, they do it all the time, and I'm thinking, God, help me not come across that way. And I've had to work really hard, especially when it comes on spiritual matters, because I just get so passionate and excited, I'm thinking, or sport, you end up, I think, oh, Lord, help us not be ones that always have to top someone else's story, and then they feel devalued, and then they just close up, and then they won't open up again. I think, why don't they talk to me? That might be one of the reasons. Getting very quiet in here right now, a bit of nudging between families these are just some life skills because I reckon Jesus must have been the most amazing listener he asked empowering questions then he listened and the people loved to hang around the kids the families the uh, sinners and non-Christians they just loved hanging out with Jesus he was a friend of them because he obviously listened to their hearts and touched the real issues of their soul let's just add a couple more listen for the aha moments they are the turning points. The light bulb is suddenly switched on and a fresh insight becomes visible. Listening means we grow big ears and not a big mouth. Someone else said conversation, a vocal competition in which the one who is catching their breath is called a listener. <laughs> you ever been in those sort of conversations <laughs> where you can't get a word in? <laughs> wow. Don't be afraid of silence. Sometimes in a conversation, 20 seconds of silence can be the moment of aha. 
I've got it. Or I see something different. We want to fill it with words. God help us. And uh, be willing to give of yourself into relationships, friends and family. Those closest want you, not just your money or your gifts or your great stories. They want your heart. And I reckon that's what Jesus did. He just connected with people's hearts. And many of you have learned how to do this so well. But in, in our marriage, our families, if things aren't going well, maybe a few of these we need to stop and say, Holy Spirit, is there a couple of those I need to do? Or have I got some walls up of rejection or fear or hurt? And God knows they are coping mechanisms. Or have I got religious walls up? The Word of God is so powerful. But occasionally I meet someone, you ask them how they're going, and they'll always give you a scripture but never share their heart. The Word's powerful. That's not a put down on anything on scripture because it's awesome. But Jesus, I reckon, shared his heart and then every now and then he'd pull out the Word as well and say, wow, this might give us understanding. God, help us just to be real. And I believe as we do, (coughs) his kingdom grows. We have more wholesome relationships. One more scripture to wrap it up. Consequently, Ephesians 2, 19 to 20. One more point, sorry. Be loyal and confidential, not just popular. Be loyal and confidential, not just popular. In our world, with uh, they've got all these um, rules and laws on privacy and confidentiality, and then they someone will plaster everything on Facebook and just destroy all what they've just signed. I'm thinking, God, we've got the best and worst of so many things. Lord, teach us how to be loyal friends, loyal spouses, loyal to one another in our church teams because the enemy will come and try and tear the nets. And next week I'm going to talk about some of the net breakers, a few of the things that try to steal from our relationships and our hearts and our families that many of us have seen and some of us experienced. And we're going to share on that next week. But one more scripture as the team comes up. Ephesians 2.19 says, Consequently, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit how awesome is that today as we were praying as we were worshipping as we're sharing something happens, life flows in many of us will leave this service today feeling hey I feel stronger, I feel encouraged I've been equipped a little bit more in life skills, the word has given me some understanding revelation can come presence of Jesus draws our hearts let's stand in his presence today So don't go away and beat each other up and say, you're not listening to me. Don't use the word as a hammer. Use it for understanding so you can grow. Apply it to yourself first before you try and use it on someone else. That's, it's so easy to do because knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. That's why it says speak the truth in love. And I encourage you, say, Holy Spirit, 
help me in my relationship, communication, sharing, especially listening skills this week. Some of you are brilliant at it. I'm still catching up because I've been a talker, but I'm learning to be a listener. Why are you laughing? (laughs) My lovely wife's laughing. (laughs) She said I'm speaking the truth. (laughs) But how awesome God loves us. Let's just close our eyes for a moment and just let the Holy Spirit's presence. He listens to every conversation. He listens to our hearts. And He helps equip us to make us a strong families, strong churches, strong friendships. Where the nets are not broken and the catch is not lost, but we build together. Right now. Just take a moment. What has the word spoken to your heart today? What what encouragement? What challenge? What insight has just touched your heart? Maybe for the first time, maybe for a reminder. So Holy Spirit, help me this week to live that out. Help me to give my heart, not just my words. Help me to listen and connect. Lord, teach me how to ask empowering questions led by your Spirit. Show me how to love and build one another up in the body of Christ. Lord, help me to to press through my fears so that I can connect and get involved in a life group or on a team serving, that I can be fruitful in the marketplace or in my home. Thank you for it, Holy Spirit. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.